Maniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I am up to my eyebrows in Dragon Con preparations, and soon you too will be up to your eyebrows in Dragon Con, because today's episode is, I'm not going to call it an interview, I'm not going to call it a behind-the-scenes look. I'm going to call it a a friendly chat, a conversation with our pals Joe and Gary from the American Sci-Fi Classics track. Uh, I surprise them with a game, and then we talk about classic science fiction. Of all things, can you imagine? It's a different conversation from the last couple we've had, because I'm very conscious of of, uh, having the same guests and trying to do different things. And we had a lot of fun talking, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. And what I want to do is kick this off, kick this introduction off by uh, reaching over and petting Mr. Otis because he's standing right here next to me uh, very clearly. Even though he's not looking at me, uh, he, he's good with body language and he's very clearly indicating that he expects some attention. Isn't that right? Yeah, there's the butt. All right. Uh, so, starting off here. My first panel that I am announcing, now everybody knows the first event at Dragon Con that I will be taking part in, that I will be an official part of, is Dragon Con Wrestling. But I will be talking more about that in the future. All I'll say right now is that, yes, it's true, the Nature Boy Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat will be guests at Dragon Con, and they will be present at dcw thursday night i cannot yet say anything about what they will be doing what i may be doing with them how they may be interacting or not with the dcw wrestlers or with myself i can just say that i am tremendously excited and almost tempted to use one of rad ranger's phrases over the moon except that i find it very silly and don't care for it so i'm not going to go that far rick flair Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at Dragon Con at DCW. Okay, but more more on that in the coming weeks. The the first thing I want to lay down here is one o'clock p.m. Friday in the American Sci-Fi Classics Track Room, which is uh, Marriott M one hundred three M one hundred five, is what I am calling the nineteen eighty seven panel. And what they are calling Geek Year 1987, the year of movie and TV awesomeness. Which I think is kind of a mouthful and unnecessary. But uh, we, we like our long titles for, for Dragon Con. We want to make sure all of the con-goers know exactly what's going on. Because uh, honestly, with my title, 1987 panel, it could be literally about the number 1,987. It could be about politics in 1987. We could be talking about Ronald Reagan. Who knows? you got to narrow it down for people, which is why the year of movie and TV awesomeness and the geek year prefix is critical. And that's why today's guests are running the Sci-Fi Classics track, and I am not. Uh, so, this panel is going to be fantastic. If you listened to our 1987 podcast here on the needless things podcast just a couple of months ago 
then you've got an idea of what the panel is going to be like, except I made a point of finding all new people uh, to talk because you've already heard. Uh, now, now, granted, I have to be there. Uh, it's my it's my thing. But uh, I, I want to make sure we got some different voices. So joining me at 1 o'clock p.m. in the Marriott will be our good friend, Nicole Gould, uh, also known as Battle Cougar. She will be joining the show in full for the first time. Because normally she kind of shows up and, and throws some stuff out there and is tremendously entertaining. And I'm like, why aren't you here for more than 15 minutes? Well, this time she's going to be here for more than 15 minutes. She's going to be here for a full hour. Well, there, not here. Because uh, it would be really awkward uh, for everybody at Dragon Con to come to my house. That would be weird. Uh, so she's going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Very excited to get a full panel's worth of material out of Nicole. Maybe we'll just let her talk for an hour. Uh, but we can't because also joining us, of course, will be Gary Mitchell. Uh, you can't have an 80s panel without Gary Mitchell. Uh, Michael Bailey, who was on a, not a Batman panel, uh, Toy Stories last year. Uh, my mind failed me for a moment because I had 800 million different things all trying to get in there. Uh, Michael Bailey from last year's Toy Stories panel will be in attendance to talk about 1987. And finally, we have uh, Noel Wood and Rebecca Hunter from The Finest, who were also in last year's Toy Stories panel. And uh, very excited to have Noel and Rebecca aboard. Uh, that, that is a, a solid, fine cast of folks for a panel that will, of course, be recorded and turned into an episode of the Needless Things podcast. And and let me tell you guys something real quick. If I record every panel that I am moderating or hosting or on, because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the big cheese. I, I'm not, I'm not the the head of every panel I'm on. Some I'm just going to go and chill out and hang. And and honestly, I'm I'm kind of happy about that. You need those panels where you're just a guy. I can't I can't deal with too much pressure, people. Uh, but anyway, uh, if I record all of the panels that I'm going to be taking part in, then I have too many episodes of the Needless Things podcast. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with all these panels. They're all going to go up in some form, but I may try some different venues. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get a transcript of one of the panels and just tweet the whole thing out. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, so anyway, that is panel number one to add to your itinerary. Uh, it is Geek Year 1987, the year of movie and TV awesomeness, or if you're, if you're me, just the 1987 panel. But add it in, 1 p.m. Friday, Marriott, M103, 105, uh, with the Classics track. It is going to be awesome. You're going to have a lot of fun. And, of course, as always, if you're going to be in the audience, I highly recommend you bring some of your favorite things from 1987. Not physically, just have them in mind. You can you can get a little notepad like I have sitting here in front of me with my show notes on it and just write down a few things from 1987 that you liked. I, I, I don't care if it's cartoons, TVs, movies, toys. Uh, if you liked a, a pair of pants, if you're like, hey, these were in style in 1987, but I don't see them around anymore. Whatever happened to these kind of pants? Hypercolor? Was that 1987? I don't know. If you liked Hypercolor shirts and, and they were 1987, uh, come talk about it. Tell us. Because, of course, I'm going to take the, the roaming mic and I'm going to go to the audience and I'm going to get input like I love to do. Big part of my panels. I love doing that. Okay, so 
That is item number one on the agenda. Item number two on the agenda. I am, uh, speaking of having too much material for the limited number of podcasts that my hosting allows me to post, I'm trying currently to figure out how to handle movie podcasts. Uh, Without getting into too much detail, uh, there is an individual who I really enjoy talking about movies with and feel like we should do more movie-oriented podcasts. And already we have Valerian and The Dark Tower that we really want to talk about and really want to record about, and I'm just not sure where it fits in because the Needless Things podcast schedule is full for the remainder of the year. Uh, so I'm trying to figure that out. I, I, I can't even imagine launching any kind of paid podcast. Uh, and if I were to expand the amount of storage that I have on Podbean, that would cost a lot more money per year because the next step up is unlimited. and it, it, There's a big price difference. And uh, I'll be honest, supportphantom.com, uh, it, it helps with the bills, but it is not paying them. So that just going for that unlimited storage is, is not in the foreseeable future. But real quick, just to, to for the Dark Tower, I feel like I have to address it because it's one of my favorite series of books, if not my favorite. I, I would have to sit down and really think about it. It might be my favorite. Uh, but I, Stephen King is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, my favorite author. And so I have to address the Dark Tower. Our pal, Ryan Cadaver, uh, who writes for a website that gets passes to things, unlike Needless Things, brought me along for a early screening of the Dark Tower. And I had to go see it, even though I didn't have the highest hopes in the world. Oh, look, now Luna is here for some attention. Hello, Luna. Uh, and we went and saw the Dark Tower, and I, I can't say I hated it, but boy, was it not good. And, and I'm sure you've already read that online. But I, I, for those of you who know the books, I will throw this out there and nothing more until I can sit down and actually record a podcast about it. I felt like Jake in the Wastelands when he knows that there's another world. He knows how the world should be, and he's going mad because the world around him is not the world that he knows. That's how I felt watching that movie. So maybe the movie's ingenious. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they went for this crazy meta statement. Like, now you know how Jake feels. Which, granted, uh, the movie is about Jake. They should have called it Jake and the Midworld Factory. Uh, but anyway, not a fan. Don't think I'll ever watch it again. Uh, I will say Idris Elba was Idris Elba-y. And Matthew McConaughey was super duper Matthew McConaughey, and uh, you know it's it's uh, more more to come on that when I can figure out where to slot it in. Uh, and if you would if you have not read the Dark Tower books and would like to read them, I highly recommend you visit needlessthingsite.com. Click on that big old Amazon box in the top right corner and do all of your shopping for Stephen King books uh, and rice and straws and uh plates maybe uh do it all through the amazon link on needlessthingsite.com needless things gets a kickback from every purchase you buy and this does not cost you any extra it is literally the easiest way that you can support the needless things podcast if you enjoy what you're listening to finally 
uh, real quick, because I've actually gone a little long on this one, and I was afraid I, w- I was going to be too short for what I feel is a satisfying introduction. Uh, toys are finally hitting stores. My gosh, it's been a dry summer. And I think every year I'm like, oh, the summer sucks. There are no new toys. And then once it, you know, once school season starts coming back around, toy manufacturers know the, the adults are out shopping for backpacks and, and shorts and lunch boxes, which is what we've been doing. Uh, but I have noticed toys are hitting. The new, new Justice League toys are out. And personally, I think those talking ones are a better value than the the multiverse ones. Uh, the new Batmobile is out. There's some other new Bat vehicle coming out. I think we talked about it on the toy, uh, the Comic Con episode. Uh, the new Thor Ragnarok figures are out, which actually surprised me. I wasn't expecting those for for another month or so, but those are out. I got Thor and Loki, and they they look great for Marvel Legends. I'm pretty happy with them. Loki's cape was a real pain in the ass to get on. Uh, new Naka stuff is hitting. I, I got. Uh, finally got uh the the last astronaut figure i can't believe i'm blanking on her name right now but but that's what happens people is it it all just falls out of your head and falls apart and and your life is never the same again once you become a person who presents things at dragon con it's just the nature of the business the nature of the beast and speaking of beast luna is still over here and I can't... Lambert! Thank you, Luna, for moving over so I could finally see the packaging and uh, read Lambert's name and not even pretend like I remembered it. So, cool new toys are hitting. Keep your eyes open. Uh, the Netflix uh, Marvel Legends should be hitting soon as well. And I'm very curious to see those in person because, honestly, they're they're a little boring to look at uh, from from online because they're the Netflix ones. They're just people in clothes, except for Daredevil. Like I guess Daredevil's he's in a he's in a costume, but I mean he doesn't look as good as the the 112 Daredevil. All right, I got to wrap this up because I'm going to start rambling. Oh wait, too late, you guys! It is time now to talk to Joe and Gary. The classic track directors about Dragon Con, about science fiction, and uh, like I said, I, I spring a little game on them right here at the beginning that they were not prepared for. So I think you guys are going to enjoy that, hopefully more than I enjoy Crawl. Here you go. to kick off our Dragon Con coverage with the grand poobahs of cool, the track directors of the American Sci-Fi Classics track. That's right, Gary Mitchell and Joe Crow. welcome back to the Needless Things podcast. Yay! Ladies and gentlemen, fabulous, fabulous, and, uh, I, everything I, is wonderful. I know I said I was going to do a new intro and that I wasn't going to talk about Archie McPhee feet, but instead I'm going to tell you that while we record... I'm going to be teaching myself how to moonwalk with the Archie McPhee finger feet. Amazing. That's, that's what's going to be happening. But I'm going to have to put that off for a minute because uh, I'm. we're going to open the show with a surprise that I didn't tell you guys about. So it's almost a little not fair. But uh, whatever. It's podcasting. Anything can happen, just like yeah. the Classics track. We are going to play a little mini game of Roll-A-Panel. Ooh. What? Right here on the show. Uh, I have in front of me 
a, a an intricately carved twenty sided die that has, uh, as far as you know, has twenty different faces, each with a different <laughs> science fiction property uh, from the past. Or it might just be uh, an extra Sandman action figure head I had laying around. But it's a podcast, so nobody knows. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to roll this thing, a uh, a movie. We're sticking to movies on this one because I didn't want to get too crazy. Uh, a movie title will come up, and uh, we will briefly discuss uh, that movie. Are you guys ready for this? Can you handle this spur of the moment? And it is. I just realized I said that, and it sounded a little sarcastic for the listeners. This really is spur of the moment. These guys didn't know we were doing this. Are you guys ready? <laughs> ready, willing, and able. All right, here here we go. First roll. Did that sound like a die? That sounded very well like a die. Okay, excellent. I believe it. Uh, uh, selection number one is Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Mm. Let's uh, let's lead with Gary first. I reveal my innermost self to my god. <laughs> <laughs> which which that, kind of is what the classics track is all about. Yes. I, I love that movie. I almost love it more than the first one. It's, I don't, but it's really, really close. Partly because it is so much the first one. <laughs> but I love the, you know, the, the mutant people with the weird faces under the regular faces. I love watching King Tut from Batman 66 running around as an evil priest. Well, that's what totally sold me on it was Victor Buono showing up. Like, cause I didn't, I didn't know. I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And I bought mm-hmm. the the Apes Blu-ray set a few years ago and just sat down and watched them all again. And when they get down into that cavern and I was like, whoa, look who it is. So that I immediately fell in love with it at that point. Yeah. And any movie with the stones to end with blowing up the world and going, a small, insignificant planet <laughs> right. is wiped out. <laughs> and, and yet it didn't end the franchise. Basically, it's like it ends with them going, screw you guys. We're not making any more of these. And you know, if they told, if they made that movie today, there would have been a post-credit se- – the, the opening of the next movie would have been the post-credit sequence. <laughs> well, I think – but it wa- wasn't it the intention at the time that, no, no, this is it. We're not making yeah. any more like that was yeah, that, why it ended that way. But you're right. If it was made today, uh, no no movie studio would ever say this is the end. That's it. Okay, so uh, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Joe. I was just going to make fun of Charlton Heston. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just I was just going to do the Charlton Heston voice, going, "Damn you, dirty apes! I don't want to make any more movies with you." <laughs> I feel like that's probably exactly how the contract negotiations went. Like that might have actually been an audio file that Joe just played. Yeah, he, he yeah, has access to such things. All right, so final word on Beneath the Planet of the Apes: good or bad? Oh, good, good, good. very good, very, very good. I agree. Good. All right, let's uh, roll the die again, and we get Enemy Mine. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, Joe, you got you had a reaction to that one. What are your thoughts on Enemy Mine? It's one of the top Dennis Quaid. <laughs> 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 I I really like it. It um, when I saw later 
of course, I, I, well, this was from '85. Well, I saw the the um, shoot the Next Generation episode years later. That yes. was, I thought these jerks are ripping off Enemy Mine. Why? <laughs> Why are they doing this? <laughs> and it, I, and it, I, it, it's funny because I just watched that episode the other night. Darmok, I think it's called. Yes. Um, yes. And. Uh, it is. I mean, it totally is. But I, I feel like that story, like, I don't think Enemy Mine was the first time that story had happened. There's probably like, no. a, there's probably like a Kurosawa movie where it's a, a samurai and, and some other dude. I mean, I'm sure we've seen it before. But uh, I, I saw it. It was one of my HBO movies when I was a kid, like one of the ones that came on and I watched because I, you know, it was, that's what we did then in the 80s. And, uh, at the time, I thought it was so boring because it's you know it's not a, a, a lasers and action sci-fi movie. It's it's pretty thinky and it's it's actually it's it's a great movie in retrospect. But at the time, it's a character I, piece. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But at the time, it it, it wasn't for you know twelve-year-old Phantom, right? So, uh, Gary, yeah. what about you? I like it. Um, I don't know if it's aged really well, but I like Louis Gossett Jr.'s performance under all that leather makeup. Uh, he look, you know, he looks like a football with a mouth. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I like it. It's fun, and I actually do like kind of the message of, you know, can't we all get along in space? Yes, absolutely. Uh, in space. Got to add that to everything on this uh, in this conversation. Yeah, I uh, like I said in retrospect, it's a good movie, but it's not one that I, I feel compelled to revisit all that often. So, uh, final verdict on Enemy Mine? Uh, watch it right now. <laughs> it's good. And uh, for me, I, I've seen it as many times as I need to see it. All right, next role. Let's see what the twenty-sided Sandman head gives us on this one. The original, The Fly. Oh, the Vincent Price one. Uh, I love that movie. Mainly, because I, of I confess that I have not seen all of it. Oh no! Oh wow! Now that's what very interesting to me. Well, the, and here's the thing: when you're a guru of something, you only have so much room in your brain for all of the awesome stuff that you have to be a master of. And there are going to be little and things that fall through the cracks. This this fell through. Now, now the Jeff Goldblum version, I, you know, chapter and verse. but <laughs> and, and I'm not anti-Vincent Price or this movie. I have just <laughs> not <laughs> not sat down with it. Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I hadn't until probably 10 or so years ago just because, you know, I saw the Jeff Goldblum one and... Up until uh, probably around 10, 12 years ago, I just wouldn't watch black and white movies. Uh, mm. You know, I'd seen the Universal Monsters stuff when I was a kid, and I liked them then. But I, I went a very long time where I just didn't watch black and white stuff uh, just because. And then once I sort of went back to that world, The Fly was one of the first ones I checked out because I love, well, I love Vincent Price, but I love the Jeff Goldblum one so much and I really wanted to see what the differences were and as visually as much of a treat as Cronenberg's is, uh, the the original is actually, to me, more disturbing. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah, 
the original, it's got that creep factor. It's got that slow burn factor. Um, it's got the, you can feel the desperation guff that got coming off that scientist trying to, you know, uh, find yes. a way to fix what's happened to him. And then just for me, you know, that ending with the, you know, everybody likes to make fun of it or copy it or whatever. The help me, yeah. help me. But when you watch that, it's chilling. It's horrifying. Especially the, yeah, especially the, video. Oh, go away, leave me alone. It's like, oh, <laughs> I was yeah. creeped out for like weeks. As old as I was, once I did see it, it still sent chills up my spine, like literal chills up my spine. Uh, seeing that ending, and and it didn't matter that the effects were pretty visible or anything else. It, I mean, it was it was horrifying, and it's also the interesting difference between the original and the remake is that, you know, in the remake, throughout the whole thing, the scientist is desperate to to fix himself, but in the remake, uh. You know, Jeff Goldblum is is embracing these changes. It's it's a very interesting difference in takes on the story. Uh, so they're both definitely worthy entries. But uh, yeah, the original, uh, I love it. I love it. Final verdict from you guys. Right there with you. I I love it. It's a masterpiece. I, I think I will love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will too. I think you'll dig it once you sit down to watch it. It's just a mat. Well, nowadays it's just a matter of making time for anything. Yeah. All right. We're going to do about two more of these, and then we'll dip into uh, some deeper conversation. Well, I guess it doesn't get much deeper than analyzing old science fiction movies, but uh, well, you know what I mean. For goodness sake, no. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Next one. Tron. Oh. Now, yeah, I guess we were just talking about this the other night. Oh, really? Okay. Well, let me let me go ahead and get my stink face out of the way then. Uh, I I didn't like Tron when I saw it when I was a kid. I didn't like it when I revisited it before the second movie came out. I just don't... I get the effects. I get the appeal of it. But, man, I just don't like it. It is not a movie for me. All right. I'm done. You guys gush over Tron. Oh, I can understand where you're coming from because I love the light... But well, who doesn't love the light cycles? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure even that's good. Um, but there are parts of it where it's a bit of a drag. Uh, you know, story wise, but for me, I look past that because it was so cool. It was so visually interesting and it really did kind of shape how we view the inside of the machines we're talking on right now. And we were 12. Yeah. I was 12 when, when I saw it. So when you're 12, um, that what you were just saying, that shapes the way you look at things that it's like the the golden age was, is whenever you started watching stuff and Tron was probably one of the first movies I watched in the theater and um oh, really oh that's interesting so as far as it being a theatrical experience uh mind blow walking so you know, yeah see and I can imagine cuz I you know, again I watched it on cable or whatever it might have even been the Disney channel uh I can see it as a theatrical experience being a little more impactful. How did, how did you feel walking out of it? Like, like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I have now, seen the future, and its name yeah. is Tron. <laughs> it's uh, I, I I drew comic books after I saw it, seeing this movie. Yeah. Um. That uh, based on this guy and Video Man from the Spider Man cartoon. Uh, the Spider Friends cartoon. Uh, I invented my own guy, and I drew and drew and drew, but because of this this movie. 
But um, we're going to be talking about Tron at the American Sci-Fi Classics track this year. Oh, perfect. Way to go. Way to go, mystical fake 20-sided die. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That quickly. Uh, And and see, if I... if I had included television shows, then we could have possibly ended up talking about Auto Man as well. But uh, oh, let's not. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Now wait just a minute, Gary Mitchell. I loved Auto Man when I was a kid. I wrote a report for school about Auto Man, and I think I've brought this up on one of our other episodes. Uh, I totally dug Auto Man, and the other day, and Joe, you well, both of you guys might be aware of this. Joe, I think you might be more likely to be aware of it. They made an Auto Man action figure. Mm. <laughs> I, I think what? that might have been in pain. <laughs> yeah, it all it is, and they didn't do like anything. They might have done like a car. Like, it was a repainted Matchbox car or something. But the other day, I was looking through this incredible website I found called the Action Figure Archive that is, it's very primitive. And, uh, it's, it's, it's okay to navigate. It's not great. But they have, like, every toy line from the 50s on. Probably not every toy line, but tons and tons and tons of toy lines. Uh, they've got some import stuff, but it focuses mostly on American stuff. And I saw Auto Man, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. There wasn't an Auto Man figure. And sure enough, uh, j- right there on a blister card, like very similar to a G.I. Joe, was an Auto Man figure. I'll send you guys a link to it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm sure it would be like $800 now. Sure. Oh, yeah. So, Tron, inspirational. Gary, what was your... Uh, I'm assuming you didn't see it in the theater. I did not see it in the theater, but I thought it was cool. I love the ads. I love the video games and the toys. You know, I really like the toys, and they worked well with the few Micronauts I had because they were all that transparent, translucent stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now, is, is Tron the only video game that actually, for real, precisely mirrored the action in the movie? This is true. I mean, they real. I mean, you actually got to do stuff in the Tron arcade game and spend money on and like <laughs> and and die frequently <laughs> yeah. trying to do the things they that, that they did in the movie. I kept waiting for my guy to give up and run away, like in the movie. You, uh, <laughs> Joe, you might have uh, sort of nailed down part of my dislike of Tron because I think I played the arcade game. Before I ever saw the movie, and um, the the uh, for for me anyway for for regular skill level video game guy that I am, uh, I, I was terrible at all of the games that were in the Tron game, and yes. grew to hate them. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> all right, so Tron uh, final verdict for me is a pass. Uh, Joe and Gary, what about you guys? Oh yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta see it. Yeah, I need to give yeah, it. Another I, chance, I understand maybe. not loving it, but I think you should watch it at least once, if nothing else, as a historical artifact. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll agree good, with good. that. Yes. And uh, maybe I need to try it again uh, five years, ten years uh, from now. Maybe. Yes. Maybe, uh, maybe um, let uh, the uh, little troublemaker watch it and see what. Hey, happens yeah, he's the right age. Yeah, that's probably a good plan. Although, again. It's so retro at this point that mm. that 
the stuff that because I what I'm finding as I'm exposing him to older movies is they have to be pretty darn good at whatever it is they're doing because he's seen and he saw Pacific Rim in the theater. He's seen all the Marvel movies in the theater and like this stuff is light years ahead uh, <laughs> effects wise. Of yeah. what I was loving when I was a kid. So some things click. If something has a strong story like Goonies, it'll click with him. Oh, but yeah. if it's based around visuals, then it's it's a little harder to keep his attention. It's been it's it's interesting sort of finding out what what he likes and doesn't like based on the media he's been exposed to in his nine years. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, one more roll, and then we will move on. Let's see what completely random thing our magical 20-sided Sandman head comes up with. Oh, what a what a timely and interesting selection. Blade Runner. Oh! All right, which cut? <laughs> oh, jeez! You know what? We're going to be here all night. Make that part of the conversation. What is your preferred cut, Gary Mitchell? Um, I actually prefer the theatrical cut. Okay. Um, I, because that's the one I saw first, and every time I watch one of the others, I go, wait, but that wasn't in. Um, it's one of the few times where I actually do prefer the theatrical to do the expanded, partly because there are, like, what, 7,000 different cuts? <laughs> <laughs> now, the theatrical, that has or does not have the narration. It has the narration, but it's, much, but it's more ambiguous on the ending. It doesn't have the... The um the origami unicorn okay, at the end. Okay. It does have the too bad she won't live, but then again, who does or nobody does or whatever almost his line is. Right. But you, there's no rubbing into your face with it. Okay. I, I prefer the ambiguity. Interesting. All right, Joe. What about you? I'm gonna. I'm. I'm with you, fellers. <laughs> On this one, I, I I saw it in the theater. I, I, I like it better that way. Uh, they a lot of times when and I th- and in, in my opinion, uh, this is the same way with with Blade Runner is the stuff they get to put, go out to the theater. The very first thing that's the best they could do at that moment. Everything else is just like going back and fixing your homework after it's been graded. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is um, like what they were able to get into the theater, that's Blade Runner. Right. And everything else is just bonus work. Um, so so I still kind of separate extra stuff from what I saw in, in the theater. That, that's a good outlook, and I've, I've never sat down and sort of put it together in that way. But that's pretty much how I feel, too, with most movies, is that the theatrical version is what I think of as the movie. Uh, and then when they do director's cuts or whatever else, like those are kind of extras. And maybe I even prefer the director's cut. Sure. But in a, in a general discussion of a movie, then the theatrical cut is, is, is usually what I'll refer to as, as kind of the base default form, I guess. Uh, for me, I saw Blade Runner when I was a little too young to appreciate it and, and definitely shouldn't have been watching it. Uh, <laughs> but I did at the time it, it was certainly not, you know, I, I didn't get it. Uh, why, why is Han Solo so boring in this movie was basically, <laughs> was, was basically my takeaway. Uh, but 
over the years, I, I have gone back to it over and over again. I've watched several different cuts, and I still can't keep straight which cut is which. Like I can't because when I kind of dove into it a few years ago, I bought there's a blue Blu-ray release that has all of the cuts. Well, not all of the cuts. It's got like three or four different cuts on it. Uh, and I watched them over the course of a couple of weeks, and now everything's kind of blended together in my brain, and I don't even know which cut I prefer. But it, I don't love the movie. It's not one of my favorite movies, but man, I really, really appreciate it. And especially when you sort of attach it to Alien, and I'm not yes. saying I'm not saying like that they would inhabit the same world necessarily, but I mean when you when you take Alien and you take Blade Runner and you kind of in your mind think about man, this is the same guy uh, that made these. And, and you compare the similarity of the visions in the movies and how they, they kind of could inhabit the same world, but just the style of directing and everything else, uh, it, it becomes more impactful to me. Yeah. And especially it, it influenced so much sci-fi that came after. I mean, the whole cyberpunk draws on it pretty much a hundred percent. Uh, it was that grimy vision of the future that, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just, in a lot it's of ways, influenced. it ruins everything. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're not wrong. It it is uh, it is the cinematic version of the Dark Knight Returns. No, yeah. perfect. Yeah, a lot of people ripped off the style without getting the substance. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so final verdict on uh, Blade Runner: The Theatrical Cut. Your memories um, fade like tears in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine really have just because I watched them all too close together. Uh, it, I mean, it's essential viewing. It's one once again. Yeah. It's one oh, yeah. that, that any science fiction fan absolutely needs to watch. Just uh, make sure you're you know fourteen, fifteen, or older. Not for content, but just for your stupid little brain understanding what's happening. Yeah, it's or, got I, some att- attempting to understand what's happening. I'm forty one and I still don't understand what's happening. But you know what I mean. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's good. Do you guys feel good about that little mini round of uh, roll a panel? Yep. So fun. I love All right. it. All right. So let's now uh, talk. I think that may be the first ever podcast of roll a panel. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. It's, it, it would be a difficult one. Like, it would be easy to sit down and record so. it, but it would be tough to capture the magic, like in the Dragon Con environment. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it anyway this year, and I'm just going to say, for all you podcast listeners, up yours, you didn't see what we just did. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a plan. All right, speaking of plans, uh, we we can't get into too much detail. We can't talk dates and times, uh, and we can't even be certain that... Uh, the the track even exists until it's already happened, and and even then we'll have questions. But... (laughs) I want to talk about some of the stuff you guys have planned, but before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about differences since you took the track over. Uh, just in Dragon Con in general and running a track specifically, are, are things getting easier? Are things more complicated now? Is technology making the job of planning out the track easier? How are you guys dealing with everything? It's uh, 
it's easier. It comes with experience. Me and Gary, luckily, we had you know pretty we'd pretty much been working together for a long time before that we started doing Dragon Con stuff. So we already kind of had a thing. Uh, so that wasn't hard to jump into. But with uh, like I don't I don't have to now. Um, gosh, is this year? This is year six, I believe. This is year six. No, it's uh, it's a lot easier now. It's it's kind of a little bit a little bit of second nature now. Uh, this year uh, we were ready. Way like at this point last year we were still not halfway done. I don't at, think. at this point last year uh, we recorded the podcast and you guys were like we we haven't planned anything. We can't even remember <laughs> what movies are this year. And I think we just I think we just exchanged cookie recipes for about an hour. I think so. <laughs> Man, I, I'm still loving those those macadamia coconut. Um, <laughs> so good. They're great, aren't they? Oh yeah. Don't, don't think about them too much, though. You'll get sidetracked from this year's planning, and and then uh, it'll sound foolish when you say we were ready to go. Yeah. So this year, you're you're ahead of the game. This year, mm-hmm. we I, I think we're ready. We're ready. Like like to, tomorrow, if the if the thing started, we'd be ready. Oh my gosh, well, that's impressive. Now now is that uh, obviously, a good portion of it is just six years of experience at doing this now. But uh, how much of it is sort of Dragon Con's end? At, because you know, a couple years ago, they went through a change in leadership, and mm-hmm. the, there, even if you're not on the inside, there have been a lot of noticeable changes in the way that things are done, the online presence, and everything else. Ha- have they sort of? enabled you to get ahead of the game a little more as well i would say so i mean the 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 leadership has been very strong they've been very supportive um it, another thing that's helped though is that we're actually a little more in contact with them now that i'm living in atlanta i'm able to make the meetings so we're able to kind of it's no more both of us being out of state and going what happened what we missed? oh yeah that's a good point yeah. i hadn't even really considered that that is that's got to be a major difference Oh yeah, I'm able to network with the other track directors a lot better. Uh, you know, we're working with Bo. There are a few things he couldn't squeeze in, so we went, "Yeah, bring it on. We'll do it." Yep. We and and uh, the and I'm not. I'm like two and a half, three hours away over here in deepest, darkest Alabama. <laughs> um, but I mean, I I I should come, but I just don't. I, it, I'm so lazy. I I just uh, well I feel I feel like now it's even worse for, for, because I feel like Gary's got it. I don't have to get off my butt. I feel like that's an even better reason to not go. Like you've got you've got your man on the scene, uh, and you can just pull strings from your Alabama, yeah. from your secret Alabama headquarters. That's right. <laughs> Which is a phrase that's probably never been used before. Uh, my my yeah. secret Alabama headquarters here in 1973. That's <laughs> <Yes>. where... <laughs> yeah, welcome for, to Alabama. For those that were wondering, that's why Joe is so on top of this classic sci-fi game. It's because he actually lives in 1973. And all, all of this <laughs> is just happening for him. It's just <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> they just got close I'm, encounters. I'm really looking forward to Star Strikes Back. Don't spoil it. Don't uh, don't look 
up once it comes out. Uh, just don't look at anything related to Jaws. You'll you'll really yes. enjoy it more just going in cold. <laughs> and it's not it's not a spinoff from the James Bond franchise. Just so you know. Well, now I want that. <laughs> I want a movie of him running around biting people. Oh well, now I want Jaws versus Jaws. Ooh, come on. <laughs> Two sets of teeth enter, one set leave. Oh man! Can you imagine though how? Can somebody do that? Can somebody just do like the Jaws scene, but instead of the shark coming up, it's it's Richard Keel going, "Hello, lady." <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a T-shirt out there somewhere with, with you know Richard Keel. Like it just in the the Jaws spot, like the movie poster, and then or alternatively, somebody with with moderate or mild video editing skills could just superimpose uh, Richard Keel into the scene from Zombie, where the zombie's fighting the shark. Oh, well, I saw on YouTube where someone put googly eyes on the shark at the end when it eats Quint. So if someone could do that, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I tell to... you, it puts that scene in a whole new perspective. Oh, I've got to find that. That's tremendous. Uh, so planning for this year, uh, you guys have, have had success so far. When you were looking at what to do this year, I mean, we we know we love anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what were some of the first franchises that leapt to mind when you were sort of deciding which anniversary panels you might want to do or which things you thought might hold the most interest? Uh, Blade we... Runner was one of them. That that was really the first one that we thought of. We thought, well, regardless of every, every other thing, we we got to do a Blade Runner panel. And um, this is the first year that a five-year increment has come back around again. So I sort of looked at, well, what panels did we not do five years ago that we could have as far anniversary-wise? And Blade Runner was – I don't think we did a Blade Runner panel five years ago. And so that was top of the list. Well, and plus with, you know, with the new one coming out, it's definitely a timely one. And it's got to be nice uh, because with the variety of tracks that exist at Dragon Con, every once in a while you guys might, I want to say come into conflict, but every once in a while there's a movie or a TV show that you probably have to kind of determine, is this even our our uh thing can we does somebody can somebody else lay claim to this and blade runner is very clearly sci-fi classics like there's no there would have been no controversy of any other tracks getting a hold of that one so that had to be kind of nice that looks out good for us yeah although that is actually one of the the few changes from when we took over until now is for our first like few years we could pretty much get away with whatever we wanted because nobody was paying attention (laughs) (laughs) and starting last year and this year we're getting more attention from the higher up saying to make sure that we don't step on anybody other other tracks toes notoriety is a bitch yes (laughs) (laughs) no yeah and that's that's working out and now now i think the interworkings of all the directors is much stronger Today and last year and the year, I mean, it's it's getting better each year. We, thanks to the the Facebooks and such, we all communicate more, and so we're able to work together. Like, 
I've got a, to, this year is the Star Wars anniversary. I had an idea to do a Star Wars thing. I Facebooked the awesome director of the Star Wars track, and she said, yes, please. And we can talk about what we're doing later, but that's, she said she was super fired up about it. And yeah. so it's the, the, the interaction and the, the working together is, has, has been awesome. Yeah, well, we've um, always worked well with Kellen um, because we were next door to her at the American yeah. Sci-Fi Media and the modern stuff. But this year we're working with her. We're working with, like he said, with the Star Wars. We're working with uh, the military sci-fi people. Uh, we're working with uh, Bo and the puppetry track. It's like we're, we've got a lot more cross promotion this year than we've ever had. And last year and this year we uh, are working with, um, in addition to what Gary said, the the Kaleidoscope track used to get all kid-related shows, and she contacted me. Oh, gosh, I can't think of her name at the moment, but the Kaleidoscope track lady said, kids don't come to my panels with the original Power Rangers because they don't know who they are. And <laughs> I said, my people know who they are. Yeah, one, one so, person in particular. <laughs> yeah, we made his dream come true. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, we are the OG Power Rangers guys now. And so that's that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And that's great. It's, it is nice to it, – and it's been interesting for me uh, in, in working with you guys, with the puppetry track, with the horror track, and seeing how open everybody is to, to working together and how – how much respect and admiration there is between tracks. Uh, you know, it doesn't feel competitive. It feels like everyone wants to do what's best for the fans at Dragon Con. Exactly. So having sort of picked out some priorities, well, we just discussed Blade Runner. What Are there any other things that leap to mind when you guys uh, think about your programming for this year that, that were... Uh, you know, whether it was something that you didn't hit in 1980, 1982, in 2012. <laughs> That's nine years in the future for me. <laughs> um, or, or whether it was something that maybe you haven't had an opportunity to look at before. Uh, we're going to do uh, a thing we have not had the opportunity to do. We're going to do a Robocop and Predator combination panel just because, I mean, we could talk an hour about each, but we're going to smoosh them together. Because there's only so much time. <laughs> yeah. We can't decide, are RoboCop and Predator great movies, or are they the greatest movies? Uh, I, I could oh. answer that right now, but I'm going to save it for the panel, because I can't <laughs> even tell you guys. When you put that up, I think I might have even had the first post uh, I believe you did. On that one. that That is beyond exciting to me. And actually, while we're on the topic... Uh, because I just discovered this today, there is a movie coming out that nobody is talking about called RoboDoc, Ooh. and it is a compre- <laughs> it's a it's a comprehensive documentary uh, about RoboCop, RoboCop two, RoboCop three, and the television series. Uh, it's going to touch on the comics and the toy lines and all that, but it focuses on the movies. But it features over ninety new interviews with cast members, including Nancy Allen and Peter Weller, with Paul Verhoeven, with the directors of the second and third movie. Um, They didn't show Frank Miller, 
So I don't know if he's involved or not. But I mean, this thing, this was a very, very professional, like high end documentary. This wasn't like, and, I, and I'm not trying to like poo poo fan documentaries because some fantastic stuff is out there. But I mean, whoever made this had access to everything. Uh, it looks incredible. And there's like a three or four minute, uh, it's not even a trailer. It's like a little mini feature on YouTube right now. So if you Google RoboDoc, it just looks incredible. I'm so excited about this thing. That sounds pretty awesome. So that's a little tip uh, from Phantom to everyone else. So, okay, RoboCop and Predator, both 1987 movies, both uh, very important influential movies. Uh, good idea for, you know, when you guys do have to consolidate things because as we talked about in years prior, you just can't cover it all. We only have technically four days. Yes. Technically. Yeah. yeah it's that's kind of, that is part of why we do tend to focus on the anniversaries as well, because it's like, we could talk about, you know, the last starfighter every year. <laughs> sure. We, we, yeah. And we don't want to, because before we came to dragon con regularly and even to this day, uh, you know, me and Gary, we go to other conventions. We've been to conventions for years and we know what not to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that that is the, the, the key to our programming skills. We, we And we don't want to do the same 12 panels every year, the same, you know, um, generic discussion of a thing. And by, ju- by throwing anniversaries in there, that just gives us reasons to do a Tron panel, a... Um, uh, a Planet of the Apes panel for no reason. Uh, we'll just focus on, we'll just do deep dives into particular things. And that keeps everything fresh, I think. I yeah, hope. absolutely. No, it absolutely <laughs> does. It, it absolutely does. It's a very, it's it's an excellent guideline for you guys to program. Uh, what mm-hmm. other things are, are coming up? Let's go ahead and talk about it since you mentioned it already. Uh, let's talk about what you're doing with the Star Wars track. Oh, this is brilliant. Friday night at 11.30 in the p.m., we are showing the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it gets better. We're showing the Star (laughs) Wars Holiday Special. Gary, it almost has to. Yes. (laughs) And every year, Dragon Con works with a charity. You know, each track has a donation bucket, and they kind of encourage you to do something creative. So I said, oh, Mm -hmm -hmm. (laughs) I've got something. So what we're going to do is we're going to show the holiday special, and you have to pay to charity. Go ahead. Well, first we're going to talk about the, the special. We're going to we're so going to do a panel, a little short panel, and then what we're going to do is I'm going to tell Gary lock the doors. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay to charity to get out. And the more the, the earlier it is, we are into the, the the showing, the more expensive it is. Yep. If you want to get out in the first 15 minutes, that's $20. (laughs) I think uh, you guys should just put it on repeat. 
<laughs> so once it's over, you know, if somebody if somebody has the endurance, the steel will to sit through the whole entire thing, they don't just get to go, ha ha, I, I don't have to pay any money. Oh no, it starts over again. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I'm going to send you, Phantom, an exclusive first look that you can look at uh, by way of Facebook of what we're going to be giving out to people. Oh, excellent. Let's just pop yes. Now, up obviously, here. you know, we can't legally hold people and tell them yeah, they can't yeah, be yeah, yeah, like yeah. Sure, kidnapping. Sure. Oh, <laughs> but the only beautiful. way you get this is if is with the donation. That's tremendous. <laughs> I love it. I love how you guys always manage to come up with, with uh, unique and interesting ways to have fun there as opposed to, like you said, as opposed to just being talking heads behind a table. Yeah, uh, we hate that. <laughs> Which is a good opportunity to, 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 of course, I've got to get myself over real quick. Our, yes. our little production, the Dirty Dirty Con Con Game Game Show Show, is returning Yay! at midnight, <laughs> Saturday night. Yes. We will have in an even bigger room. In an even bigger, more hashtag ballroom. And, uh, Gary and Joe will once again have very special honorary positions <laughs> at the game show. We're very excited. Plans are underway. As a matter of fact, I, I've, I have a, as soon as we're done talking here, uh, I have a message that I need to respond to about the game show, but I can't share what it's about. Super top secret. Okay, so uh, speaking of game shows, you guys, you guys do some more genteel uh, game shows as well. Are, are any of the classic track game shows returning this year? Uh, yeah, yes, indeed. Uh, Joe, do you want to start with the Sci Fighters or with Super Nerds? Oh gosh, let's do Sci Fighters first. All right, uh, Phantom. As you know, you're always, you're part of that that shenanigan. Um, this year, our theme is uh, if you remember last year was He Man versus uh, well, that was, was two Master, years ago. that was two years ago. It was Master Universe versus GI Joe, and then we did uh, wrestlers versus action stars. This year, it's creepy and kooky versus mysterious and spooky. It's gonna be. You're gonna have uh, to explain that one to me. All right. Joe? It's uh, human monstrous investigators and other human-type folk against a smattering of monstrous creatures. So you could have Slimer from the Ghostbusters and Cthulhu and um, uh, Scully and Mulder, and they're all going to fight. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, conspiracy nuts versus TV monsters or movie monsters. So think, you know, like he said, like you know, Agent Mulder versus Gomez Adams. Yes. See. Okay, or like exactly. Col- or like Kolchak versus Pumpkinhead. Yes. Exactly. Okay, exactly. I got you. I'm on board. I'm I'm pick I'm I'm buying what you're selling. Okay, so Sci Fighters, very exciting. Do we have a tentative time yet, or do we want to just? Leave that off until it's Dragon Con time. <laughs> Currently, it resides at Sunday at one o'clock. May change. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, listeners, uh, all of you understand at this point that that dates and times uh, and panels in their entirety could change between now and Dragon Con. Yeah, just uh, if you hear anyone say a certain time for a thing, ju- just disregard that completely. 
Doubt it, it until might. you have just finished watching The Thing. Yes. Not the movie, The Thing. The panel. Right. No, no, no. Uh, about or, The Thing. Or, Is there a panel or, about The Thing? We tried. We tried. But yeah. we just talked about it last year, so... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, any other game shows returning? The Challenge of the Super Nerds yes. is coming back again Which this year. I still think that name is absolutely fantastic. Well, that that is a 100% Gary Mitchell original. <laughs> and, yep, and we're I actually... Love it. Yeah, and we're switching up uh, the way we do it a little bit this year. Uh, normally, Joe comes up all the, with all the questions maybe about an hour or two before the panel. Yep. Uh, this maybe. year, <laughs> this year, and I'm glad we're here to be able to check this on the podcast because we want to get the word out. We want people to bring their own questions. And the way it's going to work is, as always, we're going to have bags and bags of stuff that we don't want anymore. I mean, fabulous prizes. <laughs> um. To give away. Everybody will get something. But one one you, nerd's we, trash is another nerd's treasure. Exactly. Yes. Uh, there may or may not be a Predator head bottle opener amongst the treasure. Ooh. <laughs> um, but we want you to bring your questions. And the way it's going to work is you have to be there. We will at you, your, you will stand up. We will ask your question. Someone will volunteer. You know, and we'll have someone who volunteers. To answer the question before they hear it. Now, if you if it's your question and the person gets it wrong, you get a prize. They get a Hulk spritz. <laughs> However, if they answer your question, they get a prize and you get a Hulk spritz. Oh wow! I like that it's dynamic. A classic catch twenty two. Yeah, that's tremendous. Yeah, and, and mind you, we are going to put a ban on what was the middle name of the left handed uh best boy key grip in the scene <laughs> yeah right 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 yeah that's that's yeah, yeah. Silly. none of that baloney that's not even fun <laughs> yes we like the fun trivia we what? uh we're not there to crush your brain with the intricate knowledge you're there to try to win prizes that are sitting in my closet right now that's the key <laughs> Well, and that's the whole thing is it's it's so much more fun for it to just be you know if if anybody in the room can answer it then that's fun for everybody in the room it's it's it, exactly. nobody's going to get frustrated nobody's going to walk out feeling like it was a waste of time uh, it's it's just fun for everyone and and, and honestly it becomes almost a, a a conversational panel in and of itself and one thing that we've done for years is we invite everybody to bring stuff to give away we've all collected. So much stuff, so many things over the years, and it's neat and fun to see because it's new to you. If you win it at a convention, that's a story instead of I've had it 15 years sitting in my closet collecting dust. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and and uh, this thing that we give away that is sitting in my closet right now may just end up collecting dust on somebody else's shelf, but – they want it at a convention, and that's that's the key for me. It's and and for tons of people who have just presented us with the craziest, neatest things to give away. Uh, one year, um, uh, a couple of years ago, there was a really cool thing that Gary wanted, and I gave it away before he could get it. And <laughs> yes, he's and that's still part- mad. And and the uh, the crushing disappointment on Gary Mitchell's face is also part of the fun. 
Indeed. Yes. <laughs> yes. You could, it, was, it was like something out of a movie. You could see the, no! <laughs> All right. We we have uh, we got to wrap this thing up. We've got to bring it home. So what I want to do is a lightning round, if you will, of some topics that may or may not uh, be panels this year. I don't know if you guys uh, have access to what you've got in front of you, if you want to go back and forth, however you want to do it. But uh, just throw some stuff out there that we can possibly look forward to. Uh, Gary, do you you have uh, – I've got a list in front of me. Yep, I've got the Goog open as well. Fabulous. Um, A panel on aliens with writers of the recent uh, Bug Hunts book about the colonial marines fighting aliens. Ah, very nice. Uh, it's always like anything aliens is well anything let, let me rephrase that. Anything xenomorph uh movie related aliens is good. Other kinds of aliens no. No, if they've got big gray heads, I'm not interested. <laughs> Joe. Uh Geek Year 1987, the year of movie and TV awesomeness, starring Mr. Phantom Troublemaker. And and I will assume that uh, my uh, my 1987 episode of the Needless Things podcast was kind of my resume for that one. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm stocking that one up with uh, entirely different people from who appeared on that episode of the podcast, and we will have completely different subjects from what was on the podcast, unless the people that I stock happen to mention the same thing, but then you know that'll be a different conversation anyway, because it's a different person having it. So I'm super excited about this one, and 1987 was jam-packed, so I don't think we'll have any trouble finding awesome stuff to talk about. And for the listeners... What I want everyone to do that comes to that panel is come with your own favorite 1987 thing in mind, uh, because as I always do, I will be touring the audience looking for their input as well. Here's mine. Amazon Women on the Moon. I love that movie. <laughs> oh, man. We need to have a conversation about that one. That that That's, might be a whole podcast in and of itself. As a matter of fact, um, Joe, you need you need to make plans to visit Atlanta so you can sit in on a commentary for Amazon Women on the Moon. Oh yeah. wow! Yes, Don No Soul Simmons. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else have we got? Uh, let's see. Uh, Earth Station One will be presenting as they did last year, and this year they're going to be presenting on Princess Bride's 30th anniversary. Very Ooh. cool. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Joe? We, uh, um, I, I, they, uh, Mike Faber, the ESO director, has not put me on the panel because he's afraid I'm just going to do an Andre the Giant impression for an hour. See, and that's the difference between me and Mike Faber is that's the exact reason I would put you on that panel. <laughs> oh, cool, good. Oh, no. I, I can't even do <laughs> it just doesn't translate via podcast, but live and in person. I, I never lose. <laughs> yeah, because you know Joe is the spitting image of Andre. So the, the, really... I mean, he often gets mistaken for Andre in, in hallways. Yes, and and I have been uh, unbody slammed for about fifteen years, so uh, it's it's working out well. <laughs> that was solid. I want that on a t shirt. Uh, <laughs> all right, Joe. What else have we got? 
Let's see. the uh, Oh, oh, this is a super fun thing that, that we're doing for the first year. Uh, we are uh, we're going to call it Classic Sci-Fi Court. Bring your grievances before Classic Sci-Fi Court, and we will defend movies or TV shows that many people, uh, um, un- unenlightened individuals, huh. will have 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 poo pooed upon for oh, years. Oh wow! Such as That's... Batman and Robin. Uh, I'm just saying these are specific movies that panelists are already saying they're going to do. Batman and Robin, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Oh, gosh. We even got... We have someone willing to defend that movie. Yes. And we even have a a, a friend of ours, a classic track irregular, Debbie Vigay, is going to attempt to defend Highlander 2. I don't know how she's going to do it. Wow. But... Brave but it's woman. Happened. Yes. So, do you? Is there like an impartial arbiter that's going to decide whether or not the defense was successful? Do you want we the could, job? Uh, oh my god! I don't know that. Maybe I, we put that to the the like the the raving hordes. In yeah, the crowd. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the best Give thing us, to do. Why, why I don't know. Why? You get to wear a wig. <laughs> I was. I was, I was about to make a biblical reference, and then I realized maybe we don't want to get. I was going to say <laughs> well, they're going to holler. You can have Superman four, but give us Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> you, what you should do is you should have the audience nominate a uh, a spokesperson, I guess, and like the just just the jury. yeah 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 and just to make them you know just to give somebody else a fun thing to do and then at the end of the defense he they have to all right audience have we been convinced and just bring a wig just so they can put it on and wear it i like that idea <laughs> yeah that would just be a, little, like a fun little extra okay i love that idea that's tremendous okay let's get about uh let's get about two more and then we'll bring this puppy home uh gary uh, one that I'm excited to happen because I, we tried to make it happen the first year, and it uh, every guest, everybody who was going to be on the panel, uh, was not able to make it except me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very awkward panel. Uh, but talking about 1980s vampires like Lost Boys, Vamp, oh, all that era, near dark, near dark. Near dark. Yep, and uh, we're, we're going to have uh, Jonathan Mayberry, who writes a whole book series called V Wars yes, about vampires, yes. on there. Excellent. That's really two cool. panels he's doing with us. Nobody leaves that panel until somebody cosplays as the saxophone man from Lost Boys. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you Don't know you're going to you know you're going to see that guy at Dragon Con. It's just a matter of getting him to the panel. We're going to have to make a coordinated effort to uh, track yes. him down and bring him in. All right, yep. last one, Joe Crow. This is the big one, Joe. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure at all. No pressure at all. Uh, do Looking through the list. What is happening? Sci-Fi TV from 1977. Oh, this is a good closer, too, because it, like in my head, I often think of the classics track as being sort of 80s oriented, just because that's when we all were... were discovering things and i was very excited to see that you guys are dipping a little further back 
uh, for this one. Tell me about what, what, well, aside from the obvious, uh, tell me about what this panel is going to be. Uh, 1977 uh, was a big year on the television for uh, crazy sci-fi TV shows such as Fantasy Island. Oh, yes. And uh, the quickly canceled shows such as Quark, um, The Fantastic Journey with uh, Roddy McDowell. Was he in that, Gary? I think so. Yes. And, I think uh, so, yeah. Man from Atlantis, oh, one of wow. my personal things. So, and uh, um, Spay, oh, oh, the Logan's Run TV show was also that year. Oh, um, man, people talk about the movie so much, but very rarely does the TV show get brought up. That's interesting. They, uh, the, the, the 70s were a time of canceling things really fast. And so th- there's that. Now, <laughs> well, I was about to say the 70s were a time of great experimentation uh, for on television, <laughs> and I think those two things might be related, Joe. Yes. <laughs> yes. I believe there was a lot of experimenting with <laughs> Yes, in television and, substances. and otherwise, yes. All right, so, awesome. I, I absolutely love that idea. I think it's very cool that you guys – and I'm sure – a lot of the the sort of stalwart classic track fans that have been around for a while are going to be thrilled to to see you know 1977 is going to be a draw for those guys definitely and it's a draw for me just because I'm curious to see uh, what what will be referenced. We're we're just going to throw it out there and just see what the heck happens. We uh, there's so much good stuff. Yeah, from from that era. Yeah, and that's the thing is as as much as as easy as it would be for us to focus on just the '80s and just the stuff we like, Joe and I are very aware that we need to make this for everybody. We so we try to throw in stuff for the '90s kids, throwing in this for the '70s and the older crowd. Honestly, we would love to do more, but again, there's only so much time in a weekend, which is why we have roller panel. Yeah, we we have the um the the uh, our focus like. Other tracks, for example, your Star Wars track, your Star Trek track, they have the one thing. Uh, we have literally everything else. <laughs> yeah, you guys so, have a pretty wide field that you have to All we All cover. we have is the entire history of motion-oriented science fiction on <laughs> television and movies. <laughs> That's all. To draw from. That's it. <laughs> well, guys, you do a fantastic job each and every year of covering, I, I think, some of the best pop culture that we've ever seen produced. And, and I see smiling faces every time I'm in one of your panels, whether it's the panelists or the audience. I think you do a great job of making everybody happy. And we are just a few weeks away from Dragon Con, and I cannot wait to see your smiling faces in person uh, right there. Indeed. So, it's so much fun. Thank you so much for coming back on the Needless Things podcast, talking about uh, Dragon Con and playing along with the uh, surprise 20-sided Sandman die of pop culture history. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to ask, is it classic Golden Age Sandman or uh, Neil Gaiman Sandman? Oh, no, no, no. This is uh, Spider-Man villain. Oh, with, Spider-Man Sandman. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Even better. And, and it looks very much like the old 60s cartoon head. Like it's, it's the, it's uh, solid. the 
one of the best villain names of all time, Flint Marco. Yeah, yes. solid, solid. That's a man's name, son. Yeah, it absolutely is. All right, guys. So I will see you in just a few weeks at Dragon Con. And uh, for everybody listening, uh, you have these panels and more to maybe look forward to. Or it could be just an entire weekend of Joe Crow talking like Andre the Giant. All right. I got to wrap this thing up. I'm actually chatting right now with our pal Beth, who you can follow on Twitter at NeedlessBeth. You can follow me on Twitter as Phantom Turbomaker because Phantom Turbomaker was too long. You can follow Needless Things on Twitter, which I think is Needless underscore Things because I'm really bad at uh, picking Twitter handles. And I, honestly, I, I hate Twitter. I, I don't get it. If that's your thing, like if that's where you follow things, then you'll get all my updates. It's just I've got the thing connected up where... All my Facebook and Instagram and all that just goes to Twitter uh, because I, I don't get it. It doesn't. It, I don't understand it. It's like Reddit. I think Reddit's probably awesome, but I'm just not good at it. I, I go there and I get confused. I don't know what to do. I'm like an old. I'm like Abraham Simpson with a computer. It's it's pathetic. I don't know how I manage to just put together a podcast every week. I, honestly. I, I don't even think I do this. I think I imagine I do this and that there are fairies here in the Phantom Zone that put all these files together for me. Like right now, I'm just, I'm just typing, typing crazy nonsense gibberish and, and talking into a potato. And, and the podcast fairies come and, and put all this together and upload it so you find people can listen to it from needlessthingsite.com. Okay. So Dragon Con, very, right around the corner. You're going to want to follow me on Instagram uh, as Phantom Troublemaker and on Facebook as El Phantasmus. Join the Needless Things podcast Facebook group uh, where you can find out my schedule and everything else. Visit supportphantom.com because I guess I'll never stop plugging that. And uh, that's all I got for today. I hope you guys enjoyed that. More to come next week. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vic's employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingssite.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh.